Welcome to the world of interesting. Another week has passed and we are back with a new portion of travel stories and information you might need for your next journey. Interesting news lately is French baguette gets UNESCO heritage status. The country produces 16 million baguettes a day, but it is getting more and more difficult for artisan bakers to maintain their business due to the high popularity of supermarkets in France. Therefore, the baguette and all the secrets of making a perfect one are now protected by UNESCO, which can encourage people to continue this valuable craft in the future. Also, Croatia joins Europe's free travel zone. From 2023, people will not have to stop for border checks as they pass between Croatia and the rest of the Schengen area. The world's largest travel-free area seen as one of the main achievements of European integration. And 5G internet will be available on the flights within European Union. In 2023, airlines will be allowed to use 5G technologies on board. This will allow passengers to use the internet at maximum speed. Some say passengers will be allowed to use gadgets during flights without turning on flight mode with the 5G internet. So looking forward to testing it out. It is interesting how airlines will be dealing with this in terms of selling internet connection on board as they do now. I'm so curious to see how Ryanair will react to this. <laughs> so interesting. Also, will it be safe to use a phone on a plane without turning on an airplane mode? Oh, safety. What a huge question it is these days. You know, it is one of the most frequent questions we receive from our travel clients. Is it safe to go to Turkey? Is it safe to rent a car in Mexico? Is it safe to stay out in Albania at night? Is it safe to sleep in the campsite in Norway as a solo traveler or walk at night in Barcelona? And the answer is... It's not safe anywhere as much as it's safe everywhere, to a certain extent. It depends on what you mean by asking if it's safe. What kind of safety bothers you? As women, we always ask this question before going to a place we have never been before. But what about men? Do men ask the same question before traveling? The answer is yes. Men are also bothered by safety during traveling and research it as much as women do. The only thing is we consider different safety before going uh, somewhere. According to research, women are more concerned about whether it is safe to go somewhere as a female in terms of harassment, sexual assault, too much attention towards women in certain places, and so on. While men are more concerned about another type of safety, not being robbed, not being attacked uh, by someone who wants to steal something from them, and uh, also not being bullied in a bar as a foreigner. We but... all have our safety concerns, and they are different as safety itself. According to the swiftest list of the safest travel destinations in 2022, the United States is sitting the 20th place between Argentina and Tunisia. And that shows how this term is relative. We traveled around in Mexico by car and it was perfectly safe for us. But our car got mugged in Amsterdam, just right in the city center, on the street with a very expensive parking fee, just right behind Van Gogh Museum. I was harassed on a train in Paris when a man just put a hand between my legs to touch my crotch. 
very gross and unpleasant, but this freak did not make Paris unsafe for me. Uncomfortable at that moment, yes, definitely, but not unsafe. That guy stalking us in Milan? <laughs> Such a weird feeling. One day we will definitely relive these memories here with you. Yeah, safety depends on criteria and what meaning you expect from this word. For example, natural disasters, low food quality with the risk of contamination, homicide rates, dangerous driving, sharks, and so on. Of course, as travelers, we have to think about many safety concerns before going to certain places. Some places are safer, while others are riskier to visit. I would not recommend going to Iran right now because of the human rights situation. But why not to go to Acapulco? When we planned our trip to Mexico, we read so many scary stories and episodes about the region. It is known as one of the unsafest cities in Mexico, with tourists being accidentally killed in the gunfire between mafia groups. But still, it is a fantastic coastal place to enjoy in Mexico. Our client actually visited it two years ago and she fell in love with it. So a year after that, she relocated to live there. So the main idea is to be alert and vigilant. Follow the recommendations, research what locals say, avoid to risky places if you're afraid of something in particular, sharks, for example, because sometimes fear really takes all the fun away. Vigilance has helped us a lot in our journeys, and soon we will share the checklist with the most common things to avoid, how to react and how to prepare for your journey to be safe as much as possible. But the experience is not a constant, so we are still gathering this information. Here is a story of my experience in Turkey, which has to be pronounced Turkiye now. Uh, so I was uh, guiding a retreat in Cappadocia for eight wonderful women and that journey had its surprises. Thank you to each of those ladies for their patience and understanding. Well, maybe I have to tell the longer version of the story to make it all clear. So I arrived uh, to Cappadocia a day earlier as usual for every retreat to prepare all the details, rent a car, make sure the rooms in the hotel are perfectly ready, order dinner and go to the airport to pick up girls. It was such a windy evening that the plane could not land at the small Nevshahir airport in Cappadocia. They made six attempts to approach and 12 circles around the airport when the flight was redirected to the closest Kayseri airport, which is 80 kilometers away and like one hour drive. So I drove there to meet my retreat guests. Of course, when I arrived, they had already landed, all stressed out because of the flight. So we met up, uh, I listened to their stories, we laughed and drove together to Gurema to our hotel. When suddenly the engine started playing tricks with me, the car engine. It was losing power and then gaining it back. So I stopped, restarted the car, all fine and we continued. When after several kilometers it lost power completely, so I was not able to drive faster than 20 kilometers per hour. At that speed, not to stop in the middle of the road, we reached a gas station. It is already after midnight, as the girls were supposed to land at about 9 p.m. and all the problems with landing, driving took like three hours and we are still 50 kilometers away from our hotel in Gurema. So I arranged everything pretty fast, I called cabs for girls to go to the hotel, called the rental company to take care of the car, as I needed a car for the following days for our retreat journey. 
So the owner of the rental company came and picked me up, he drove me to the office and started accusing me of putting the wrong fuel in the car, meaning it was a diesel car and I put gas, benzene in it. So the issue was clarified pretty fast as I had receipts from the gas station. So he admitted to replacing the car and I had to wait in the office. I want also to remind you that it is Kayseri, central Turkey, one o'clock at night. I'm at the rental company slash car repair office and there are four Turkish men and only one, the owner speaks English. I was very exhausted, so nervous and tired and I wanted to sleep. I wish it was over as fast as possible because it's my retreat coming and I have to be organized the next morning and go like everything, do everything according to the schedule. So I was sitting there and uh, out of nowhere this man, the owner, he started asking me questions like where I was from, what I was doing in the country, whether like what it was my occupation and then he asked me like if I was married. And there was my mistake. I replied that I was not married, but I had been in a relationship for over eight years at the moment and that I was totally okay with things that way. And he said, so what? It's not a relationship. It's fucking. It was way too inappropriate, too personal, like too much. But at the moment I felt scared, so I turned my fear into anger and explained to him how free women operate in my country and whatever, whatever he determined uh, my relationship did not bother me and should not bother him at all. He excused himself, another guy gave me the key to a new car and I left. Well, I actually don't remember why I started this story as I wanted to say something valuable about safety, but the moral is to be alert, don't panic, research and uh, be sure that nothing happens to you. It actually adds up to the confidence. So the right mindset helps to avoid unsafe situations. Most of the questions about the safety to visit certain countries are related to the Caribbean countries. Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Cuba, Barbados. Uh, perfect destinations to live through the cold winter, somewhere on the beach. I was thinking about going to Aruba this winter. And I wouldn't mind visiting Barbados, you know that. Oh yeah, that sounds amazing. And I would like to chill at some resort, doing nothing, sipping cocktail by the beach and swimming every morning in the pool. Oh, well, 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 we don't do this usually. We travel to explore, not to lay by the pool or a beach. Yeah. I know that, but it's uh, how it feels right now. This year has been challenging, fleeing our home in Ukraine, setting up spontaneous life in Poland, dealing with all those ups and downs and keeping the head up. I really need some rest, quality rest. And that is why people mostly choose resorts for their vacation to relax, recharge and don't think about anything. It is even better when the resort is all inclusive. People who don't intend on spending much time outside of the resort or those who don't want to worry about the meals and where to get them, what are the costs of cocktails and food, will prefer the all-inclusive hotels with no hesitation. So all-inclusive is a type of resort where besides accommodation you get food, drinks, snacks, transfer activities and entertainment included without having to pay extra for any of it. It means you already paid for the whole package while booking your stay. A true all-inclusive should never come with surprise costs and it really makes it possible to have a worry-free vacation. 
The most popular all-inclusive destinations are Turkey, Egypt, Maldives, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Cyprus, Greece, Barbados, Spain, Bahamas, and so on. There are so many of them, practically you can find all-inclusive resorts in every country that is a popular tourist destination. But the question is, is it worth going to all-inclusive hotel for holidays or not? And the answer is, as always, it depends. It depends on what you want to get out of your vacation or holidays. First of all, it helps to keep your budget under control. When you are ready to spend certain amount on your vacation, you already paid for everything in the beginning and can count on the services for your money without a need to pay more for food and entertainment. It is also a very good choice for families when you don't want to stress out about entertaining kids, choosing restaurants for every meal, too much movement, and so on. Pretty convenient to stay in all-inclusive resort where everything is uh, organized and arranged to make you and your family feel comfortable. Also, you have so many options to spend your time within hotel, so you don't have to think about what to do. There are yoga classes, dance classes, probably tennis, and usually hotel offers guided tours, boat rides, visits to popular attractions for some extra fee but still it takes all the research away from you as you don't need to prepare for the trip before you go but there's other side of all-inclusive vacation it is not for everyone yeah i don't like this kind of traveling as it's just vacation relaxing trip to get rested i can't go traveling somewhere without actively controlling how i spend my time <laughs> yeah choosing restaurants eating street food looking for cute local places getting around and we can't spend that much time on the beach or by the pool <laughs> true this is the thing we don't do we don't do long beach vacations usually two three days are more than enough for us some people don't like all-inclusives for being noisy and packed with kids, but that's not an issue as uh, there are plenty of kids-free options out there. During the last year, there were many complaints from tourists about all-inclusive resorts being greedy, not providing good food and drinks. Most likely, businesses were just trying to get their money back or just get the money they had lost during pandemic. It's so interesting, but apparently all-inclusive resort is a very profitable business as they are still running. Does it mean that you don't actually spend that much as they charge you for the all-inclusive holidays? It depends on how much you can eat, drink and do. So if you just want to relax at a beach and enjoy the resort activities, then absolutely. An all-inclusive resort is worth it. But if you want to explore your destination and eat at local restaurants, then do it your way or get a personal travel planner to do it all for you to organize your vacation to details take the stress away and make it a great deal for you by the way we do this and we give you all the details about where to go what to see where to eat what to try and get those cocktails during the day isn't it what the vacation is all about oh so true it's been a while actually since we wanted to tell you the story about aperitivo since we already started talking about cocktails and drinks so what it actually means and how come it became a tradition so here we go a traditional feature of italian food and drink culture is l'aperitivo a time when people gather after work for a glass of low alcohol drink for example wine or aperol to chat for an aperitivo bars traditionally serve a small snack olives nuts chips the term l'aperitivo originated from the latin aperitivus which means 
che apre, which opens. And the original purpose of the aperitivo was to open the stomach for eating. That means to stimulate appetite. In 4th century BC, the ancient Greek healer Hippocrates was giving his patients suffering from lack of appetite a bitter drink based on white wine with the addition of herb extract. Later, this drink gained popularity under the name of the wine of Hippocrates, Vinum Hippocratum. In the Middle Ages, the recipes had changed. More herbs were added to create the extracts to heal different stomach issues. This type of drink was called Vino da Aperitivo. Interesting that, as a traditional social component and not just medicine, Aperitivo starts its history in Turin, Italy in 1786, when Antonio Benedetto Carpano, the owner of a liquor store, started producing vermouth, a fortified wine flavored with warm wood. The drink became so popular that the Carpano Cafe was open even at night. Later, some snacks were also served with vermouth, cheeses and sausages. Time for vermouth and talks became so popular that it grew into culture and has been established as a tradition that is also very important in France and Switzerland. And worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And that is it for now, guys. Thank you for listening. We will try to keep up the schedule and issue our new episodes of It's So Interesting every week. But there is a trip to Italy we have already planned for next week and the holidays are coming, so we will see. We will try our best. Don't forget to let us know that you like the content we are sharing by giving us your likes and follows. And also to ask your questions. Stay in touch, just follow us on Instagram or join Telegram channel. All the links are attached below in the description. And we see you pretty soon. Bye!